Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I'm very excited to share another guest here today on the podcast who is one of my personal healers, Lynn Technies of Inner Hero Healing. How are you doing today, Lynn? I am great, Danielle. Thank you for having me here. It's going to be fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. I have wanted to share you for a long time on the podcast, and we definitely wanted to time it for when you went full time in your healing career, which we will definitely get to through this podcast. I recently shared you as a guest mentor in the Spirit School Collective, and I know so many of my students have chosen to work with you ever since that class, and they have been really enjoying it and getting so much out of it. So I'm excited to share you with my wider audience today through the podcast. Thank you for sharing me. Yes, I love being shared. This is wonderful. I love it too. That's what I love about like the spiritual entrepreneurship space, like when we do it in powerful and empowering ways and just like share one another and do it in the spirit of wanting to see everyone succeed and like everyone do really well, only magic and healing happens from that. So I'm extremely happy to be able to share you because I think you're wonderful. Thank you. I think you're wonderful too. It's a great modality to watch everybody grow and heal and yeah, that we all want the best for each other. We're all here on this journey to do the very best we can in our highest expression of ourselves. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, let's just get started because I want to start with the very basics. What is the emotion code? This is your chosen healing modality. How would you describe it to me if I was five years old? <laughs> okay, if you were five years old, I would tell you that this really nice man who's a chiropractor made this modality. We won't use the modality if we were five, but we pretend you know what that word means. Basically, it's about trapped emotions, the emotion code. There's two modalities. One's the emotion code, one's the body code. It started out with the emotion code by Dr. Bradley Nelson. He was noticing that, say someone came in with a sore shoulder, it'd always be sore. And he'd fix it and he'd be sore again. And he'd fix it and sore again. And he started noticing that that person was having certain emotions and events going on in their lives that were causing this same trapped energy that he was having a hard time clearing. So we actually started keeping track of everybody, what was going on, what part of their body, what emotion they were experiencing. And that's basically the bursting of the emotion code. Emotions can get trapped in our bodies, anywhere in our bodies, and cause discomfort. Emotional discomfort as well as physical discomfort. And with the emotion code, we find the emotion through muscle testing and we clear it through clearing the governing meridian. And it's really as simple as that. The emotion code is a part of it. But the body code is much bigger where it takes many different facets of our body, emotional body, spirit body, chakras, acupuncture points, meridians, all sorts of things it takes into account. And we do the same thing because energies can get chopped anywhere in our bodies, causing many types of disharmony. Yes. Is it fair to say that many of us are walking around with trapped emotions that we are like not consciously aware of? Oh, 
It is so true. That is exactly what happened to me. I was doing all the work. I was doing all the mirror work. I was doing all the positive affirmations. I was rewriting my story. I was doing all of this. And I'm still thinking, as I'm listening to Louise Hay over and over again, telling me all the things that she tells you, I'm thinking, oh, there's something deeper than this. I need to dig deeper. What is it? I knew there was more. And then someone told me about the emotion code. A friend of mine said she was going for a session. Just that name alone intrigued me. And I said, what is that? And she says, oh, they just go and they release chapped emotions. And I thought, well, that sounds horrible. I said, so what do you mean by that? <laughs> what, we're going to find anxiety, let it loose? To know what? Like, this sounds like a really bad idea. And she says, no, it's just cleared energetically. And you feel fine and you feel lighter and you feel happier. I said, are you sure? She says, yeah, it's wonderful. And so that's exactly what happened to me is I felt there was more of things I wasn't getting at, even though I was doing all the right things we were supposed to do. And when I started doing the emotion code on myself, I was right. I was right. There is more. And a lot of things that we have trapped within us, sometimes we wonder where it came from. It could be inherited from someone else generations ago. Yeah. And that's what I have found, like, just to give a bit of context for people. And I appreciate you sharing your origin story, because I was wondering, like, what made the emotion code stick out for you? What made it, like, attractive for you and made you want to go into it as your body of work? And so thank you for sharing that. And so the audience knows as well, I found Lynn through my best friend, Trish Osterberg, who is an incredible healer herself, an Indigenous healer. And she started having sessions with you and she would send the writing to me and how accurate they were because you do these beautiful write-ups of different trapped emotions. And then the evidence behind it is like the ages. This happened at 19 or this happened at like three. And there's like this unlocking that happens when you're like, yes, I do remember that. And we just consciously kind of forget about it and we kind of get used to living with it. And then we're like, yes, okay, we just need to name it. We need to see it. And so I started seeing Lynn August 2021, and I went weekly for, I think, like 10 months. It was amazing, the stuff that we got to work through. We got to look through my stage fright was one of them, right? The fear of judgment, which was kind of tied in with that. Like, There's so many patternings and so many cycles that continue to come up for me that the emotion code has really helped clear. And then I also just want to share my experience here and ask you a couple questions around this because the funny thing is, is like, it's almost like taking Advil when you have a headache. What I realized was I was kind of unconscious of the changes that were happening until the next time we talked, you'd be like, oh, how is this for you? And I would have to look back and be like, oh, wow, that wasn't even an issue this week. So you know, I consider myself to be quite self-aware, but the beautiful thing that I have personally experienced with the emotion code is how subtle it is, but how big of an impact it has. So I'm curious, like, you know, your experience and some of the transformations you've been able to witness your own clients through, like, what are some of like the most maybe common or most magnificent that you have seen through this modality? Well, you've nailed it perfectly. Your prior existence almost becomes obsolete immediately and your new normal becomes such as that, your new normal. I have one client my very first time when I did a session with her, she said, I feel so sad. I feel so sad. She went on and off her five ways, but I'm sad. She feels all the time. It's your constant state. Okay, she comes once a week as well. We did a session on her being sad. The next week I said, okay, so how are you doing? My week's right. Yeah, it's really good. 
she's talking about a minute. I said, Joel, do you remember you were feeling so sad? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's what happens truly so many times. Goodness. The biggest transformation. There has been so many. There was a woman who had an experience when she was 19. And we were going through, releasing all the imbalances. The first three, everything was 19. The first three, she says, huh, nothing happened at 19. Now we get to number five imbalance. Nothing happened at 19. Now we get to number seven imbalance. She says, oh, I know what happened at 19. Well, she remembered what happened was she was pregnant. Her parents brought her to a hospital. They apparently put her in a basement in a dark room, drugged her. Remember, she's 66 and here she's 19 and this happened to her. She had the baby drugged alone in a dark room. But the thing was, psychologically, she's dealt with everything in her mind. You know, she'd been for counseling after counseling. Everything was dealt with logically. She was fine. Energetically, it was all trapped. And her session, actually, we were working on fear. So that's what was trapped in her body. That's fear. I'm sure there's other modalities, but this modality is so good at clearing that energy from the past. Psychologically, she had it dealt with. That was a massive shift for me. Well, a massive awareness to understand how powerful this modality actually is. We can have a certain note in our minds just fine, but our body still hangs on to that energy. Yeah. Another one was a woman was raped and didn't tell anybody about it. And her session came up and she was 14 or 15 when it happened. And I could tell what was going on. And she said, do you want me to tell you what happened? I said, you don't have to. It sounds to me like you were raped. And she says, no, I'm this gang raped. And I told no one about it. Well, in this session, she was laughing. She was crying. But I'm thinking, are you okay? She said, yes, I'm fine. And I'm thinking, okay, Lynn, I had to trust the process because all these things get released from her subconscious mind. That's where it's all trapped. And our subconscious mind, its job is to protect us. So nothing is going to come up that you cannot handle. Nothing's going to come up that is not ready to be released. This woman, she was laughing and crying at the end of the session. She says, I just feel so good. I checked in with her a couple of days later. She actually told friends about what happened to her. We weren't even working on that event. We can work on an event or we could work on a feeling or we could work on a trigger or we could work on something emotional or physical. We weren't even working on that event and this came up. And she says, I've told a couple friends about it. And she says, now when I look back at that, it's like an event that happened without the shame and the guilt that went along with it. It's like she gets to look at it through a clear lens. So that was powerful. Yeah. I bet. This just must be such rewarding work. And, you know, even in mediumship, we deal with heavy topics. We deal with senses of grief. And I have to say one thing I really love about you as a light worker is you're so joyful. Like you can just tell you love your work and that you get a lot of joy out of it. So how do you keep yourself so joyful and so hopeful when you are working with people who have such deep pain? I don't even think about that, you know. I go into it and I just love it so much. I just love it so much. And I know how much release and improvement it has brought on my life that for me I just go into it and of course I do a shield of course I use my oils that's a big part of it too but I go into it with the intention of love I go into it with my higher power and I go into it expecting a miracle and I just pour love onto these people 
because everybody just wants to feel better and do better. And there's absolutely nothing. I have heard nothing. People will say, oh, well, this must be strange, or I don't even know how to explain this. I just get them to talk. For the first three minutes, I get them to talk. How are you feeling? And they talk. But lots of times they don't even know what to work on, but they're telling me many things that they don't know they're saying when they're telling me how they're feeling. And we work on that. So for me, I just go into it with love, expecting a miracle and know it will work and it does if the person's receiving it in the same manner. There was one session that kind of made me think about it the next day, like, oh boy. And other than that, it just bounces right up because it's not my energy to take their energy for us to clear. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that there's like some really healthy boundaries. Doing that protective work is really important as well. I remember one of the things that stuck out for me a lot, and this is going to be quite personal, but I'm very personal in my podcast. I remember coming to you early on in our time together and saying, you know, sometimes I just don't know if I want to be seen anymore. I don't know if I'm like making a difference and like how I'm showing up. There was a lot of that. And I remember you came up with, and I'm going to use this language and we're going to clear up this language, right? But it was like, oh, there was like a curse or somebody not wishing you well. And you came up specifically with a gender. You're like, it was a male. And this happened in June. And you came up with like a date and a month. And my brain kind of exploded because that June I had fired my male coach um, because he went QAnon <laughs> and I am not QAnon. And so I had to let him go. And it was just, you said, you know, there's this kind of like curse and it doesn't have to be malintended because we're human. We're human beings trying to survive and thrive here. But it was to not be seen and heard and not to be successful. And that was exactly what was coming up for me. So I had a lot of questions for you around that language of curse because I, I come from a very different background, I think. And I was like, whoa, 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 like I'm picturing curse like somebody has like a circle with candles and like a sacrifice of some kind. <laughs> and, yeah. And it was just somebody not wishing me well. And it was very accurate in what you were saying. So can you speak a little bit more about like that situation, what comes up for you when I share that experience with you and then talk a bit about the languaging around like curse and all that fun stuff. I do remember that specifically. Yeah. Yeah, we did do that. And curses, I just got certified with the emotion code first. And then I did my session with a certified body code person. And things like that came up for me. And I lie, we're glad it did because she explained it so perfectly well for me. If I just came across that, just being a new emotion code person, I wouldn't be here today. I would have ran. Because who wants to deal with things like that? But that's all it is, is negative energy. So I told this story in a prior podcast, but I'm going to repeat it because it's a perfect example of a curse. My son wasn't going to school very often. He had a lot of anxiety in grade eight and grade nine. And I was driving to work. And again, it's another day where he's phoning me, telling me he's not going to go to school. He had a stomachache and this and that. And I thought she would go again. I'd already been talked to at work. Don't be on the phone talking to your kid about going to school when you're supposed to be working. We may have to let you go. Being a single mom, you know, I'm just trying to get into school, right? So I hung up the phone. This is the very important part. I hung up the phone. He could not hear me. And I screamed as loud as I could out of complete frustration. 
now is also saying, I've always loved my kid and been very close to him. And we're always been good friends and I've enjoyed him all the way through growing up. But in this moment of frustration, I'm screaming, now I know why some species eat their young. <laughs> That's the first thing I screamed. And then I screamed, just go to school. Okay, so now I'm doing a session on him. And this was about six months ago. Now, he was 14 when I did that. And I came across a curse that I put on him when he was 14, not for him to stand in his own power because of that very moment. Mm -hmm. Did I intentionally curse him? No, I was just so frustrated. Like, can't you just go to school? I just, I'm like, well, we talked about this the night before. Here we go again. So it's as simple as that. Everywhere, every positive thinking about the Bible all says, watch what you say, watch what you say, watch it. We've got to watch our words. We've got to watch our thoughts. Keep them positive and light for that reason. And especially also, you know, what we send out comes back to us tenfold. So there's another good reason to watch ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. And that was a huge teaching and lesson for me personally, what I experienced, because ever since then, like if I had some sort of conflict come up in my membership or with a client, like one thing I went to you for is like, can you clear anything reciprocal, right? Like what they may be sending my way, even unintentionally and me to them as well. Like just wanting to make sure that the energy is like super, super clear, right? Because it can just compound if we don't deal with it. So your sessions for me are like a huge act of self-care and they're a huge act of energetic boundaries for me as well, because it made sense to me when you phrased it like that. The curse, and I'm putting that in air quotes, could just very well be anger or just not wishing someone well. It doesn't mean what I was describing earlier, <laughs> which was totally like exactly. the craft scene. <laughs> exactly. Another thing that happened too recently, when I was doing my practical, I had got this woman on the phone for the emotion code and I had never met her before and this was you know a couple of years ago now just like last month I had the opportunity to meet her and so we were at a wedding shower and I said oh hi how are you you know I'm Lynn and then we were talking back and forth and she says oh I'm sure at this and I went on to tell her how good it was doing and I'm going full time and she was asking me questions so I was answering them I wasn't being braggy at all about it I was just answering questions we talked for about 15 minutes about it. And the next day I get up and I walk into the bathroom, but I don't feel great. This is just like last month. And I thought of her and I thought, did she put any curses on me? And it was yes. And I'm like, what? There were curse after curse after curse. Two sessions, post-hypnotic suggestions. That's a negative statement stuck in the subconscious regarding either entity could put it there or a negative person or it could get it from a repetitive beat. All kinds of things from her. I had two sessions I had to clear. And I'm like, oh my gosh, an automatic thing. What did I do wrong? Was that being breaking? I'm going, no, I wasn't at all. I was just answering her questions and I was excited. But she was not in a positive place in her life. She was waiting for a hip replacement as she was in a lot of pain and she wasn't even working. She was probably wishing that she can move forward with her life too. And so I don't think she intentionally did that. Again, I think it came from a place of lack where she wasn't in her life. Yeah. 
yeah, a little bit of envy maybe there, right? Yeah. Talk a lot about the difference between jealousy and envy. Envy being in the presence of an expander and somebody who we want a little bit of what they have, but not understanding that we can be empowered enough to go pursue it ourselves if we want, right? So I get that. I feel like that a lot. And that's come when I teach things like clairsentience for people who are very sensitive energetically. It's like asking like, is this mine? That's what I usually ask myself first. Like, is this mine? And then choosing to carry what is only mine. So I experienced that as well. And it makes a lot of sense. Now, you just said another word I would love to talk about on the podcast, which is around entities. You said it. I wasn't going to bring it up. Being a medium, we maybe have like a different language for some of the spiritual things. So when you talk about like entities, like what are we talking about? What are we saying? Just like the dark energy, you know, that's all it is. It's a negative energy. Dr. Brad explains it as when we're vibing high, they love to jump aboard because they don't want our light to shine. And when we're vibing low, they jump aboard because it's a free taxi ride. And there's a variety of different kinds from being mildly irritating to more intense. And they're just cleared. And I know the first time for me, this was really strange. The first time that came up, I thought, okay, what is that? Okay, don't, I'm not going to think about it. It's not something really cares, you know, but I was telling you all these tender words and I pictured it as something entirely different. So for me, the first time it came up and cleared, I noticed whenever I went in my closet to put clothes away or whenever I went to the spice rack to get spices, basically my whole life, it sounded like a buzzy feeling around my head. I, I didn't know it was even there until it was gone. And I would just have to concentrate on making spice I wanted or concentrate on hanging up my shirt. But as soon as that was cleared, I would go in my closet, hang up my clothes, I'd get the spices, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, that feeling was done. Where? Whoa, I wonder if that was from those entities. I don't have any idea. I just know it's done. They just can come aboard and lower our vibration. Yeah. Let me take clear them. Yeah. I feel like in mediumship, we're taught to bypass that aspect of spirituality quite a bit. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. It doesn't make sense. And I shared one episode a while ago, but my experience of darker energy. And we've definitely had to clear a couple of things in some of my sessions too. So I appreciate you being open to sharing about it and not making it super dramatic. Right? Oh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not. It's just energy. Right. So, so the thing is with energy, it's gone. We don't focus on it. What you focus on grows as you go, which is why you do what you do. But no, we don't need to focus on that. It's just energy. You don't give it any power. If it comes up, you just clear it away. And it's good. It's good to be gone. Yeah, I love that. Like that exploiter, we don't want it around anymore. It's good to be gone. (laughs) (laughs) In Mercury Retrograde coming up, they might be coming back, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so another thing I really wanted to ask you was, like, I look at the example I gave you about my old coach and... It felt to me like there was a lot of intuition there as well. So I'm curious about the balance between what you do, how you do, how much of it is the structure that you are given for the modality and how much of it is intuitive, like your intuitive abilities. I am intuitive, yes. So I guess for a lot of people, it's hard for them because I think they have to stay within the box. Yes, when I do my Bible sessions, I'm muscle testing to ask which category. But when we talk about curses... There is no form for curses. I just follow my intuition and I come up with the words. And sometimes I say words that don't even make sense. And I go, does this make sense to you? And they say, yes. And then there's image energies too. So it's an image that can sometimes come up. And one girl, I said to her, you were 
this age and I see you at a door with a great big suitcase. And she says, oh, I remember that. She was in some sort of ministry and she had a big suitcase. She says, I remember that. And it came with a feeling. So a lot of that is intuitive. Many times with a lot of my clients, I'll even have the answer even before I ask the question. I have to go through the whole rigmarole because I'm supposed to. But many of my clients, I get the answer right away. So I do animals as well. And with animals, I've been not even using the charge because it just grows, right? The more you use it, the more it grows, the more your intuition grows. So it's just getting stronger and stronger. That's how it works. Yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of throwing this out there, but do you see a time for yourself where you may be offering a new type of session, which is just like Lynn, the intuitive? Do you know, it's funny you should say that. I am going to be creating some programs. Yes. Somebody else mentioned that to me, Lynn, I can see you creating your own modality and it has been tweaking around every now and then to hear so perhaps. Yeah. Well, one of the pieces of feedback, I was just talking to one of my students, her name's Erica, and she just interviewed me on her podcast. If I had the name off the top of my head, I would definitely give it a shout out, but We Are All Intuitive is her Instagram handle. I just like to give credit where credit's due. And she brought up something that was like, very accurate because you're the only emotion code person I've ever seen. But what I have heard from her and from some other students, like, you know, I've been to others, but Lynn's just different, right? There's something about the way that Lynn does it that's different. And my intuition is that's your intuition because I look at some of the experiences that we had together and I was like, that's not on the chart. Like, <laughs> came through like Lynn's intuition, right? <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, you're right. It's not on the chart. It's not. And it's funny you should say that because I just met with Rachel from Discover Healing. She's the person that takes care of the people, the practitioners. And we just did sessions on each other just today. As she said to me today, which I thought was a huge compliment, she said, Lynn, I have had other people do sessions on me and never have I felt the energy move ever like it does with you. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what a huge compliment. So I said, thank you. I received that. And what came up with her, she was very surprised this thing came up because we were just working on getting things done and moving forward with life and the stuff that came up, she was actually very surprised that that issue came up. Yeah. But I find that that happens quite a bit. And thank you. I really appreciate you bringing that up because that has been brought to my attention recently. Yeah. Well, somebody who works with intuitives for a career, yeah. like you can see it as clear as day. And the truth is like, I don't know a lot about your history. Maybe that's a good thing to ask, you know, is what you're doing in alignment with how you were before? Because what you're doing right now is quite spiritual. Have you always been spiritual in some way? And does this conflict at all with maybe beliefs that you've had before? Well, it's funny. When I was younger, I was extremely, extremely intuitive. Very, very intuitive. So much so it was frightening. And I blocked it. I blocked it. I had an experience that scared me and I blocked it. And then I was adopted. So I met my birth mom and she told me that her mother did TVs and her great grandmother did everything you can imagine. She did all that. And then it gave me more reason to block it, right? And then, of course, I do have my higher power and I do believe in God. And so my whole thing was, this came up and I thought, is this okay for me to do this? Is this okay for me to do this? I don't want to get up there and have them say, hey, lady, you did rock, open the freaking thing and drop me down in hell. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was always concerned because I was hypersensitive to it all, right? 
And the more I did, the more I did, I knew it was right. The more doors were opening, the more people I told, the people that I thought would kind of strain me another way, they didn't. And then it got to the point where I started asking, you know, is this my calling? And yeah, it is. And then it was, okay, what if you couldn't do this? What if you could only choose one thing, this over that? It would be this. And then I realized how very much aligned I am with it, how very easy it is for me to do it. Yesterday, I did 14 sessions. I was not tired. Yeah. It energizes me. I had a full-time job. I was working eight hours. And then at the end of the day, I'd run to the bathroom and I'd be like, oh, tired. And then as soon as my session, I'd be up and ready, you know, and I'd do four sessions and then be great. So I don't find it draining. I find it super, super, super energizing. And yes, it is aligned and it is certainly making me comfortable with the gift that I was given because it truly is a gift. Yeah, it absolutely is. And would you be willing to share a little bit about the story of how this unfolded for you to go full time? Because I know in the time that we're working together, like I'm just a natural entrepreneur. I love entrepreneurship. And like we talked a few times throughout our sessions about just different entrepreneurial things. And I'm like, you must be busy enough to be able to go full time. And then you started contemplating, well, I would need XXXX, which is like the golden handcuffs and da da da. But do you want to share like how aligned how this actually has? You actually have a huge part in this. And I thank you. I'll be forever grateful for you because you're the one that sort of brought that to my attention. When I started this, I honestly just thought I'd be really lucky if I got five sessions a week, which is really funny because that's when I started and I was doing like five sessions a day. And then it's just grown. It's just grown and keeps growing. After you kind of planted that little seed, it started to grow. And then I was getting more uncomfortable in my day job, which I had for 11 years. And it was a good job. And I was grateful I had it. And then the date job started getting a little bit slower over the past couple of years. So I was able to do sessions or if anyone from day jobs listening to this, I was able to do sessions during the day sometimes, right? I just started expanding. And then I was getting more and more uncomfortable in my day job. Now seeing myself more and more doing this full time. You know how you get that. You see yourself doing this, but you're stuck doing that. You're just like uncomfortable. And then I started thinking, okay, so I'm going to be done this by September. I'm going to be done this day job by September. I get my sister hired in the job that I had with Corporate America. And she starts in March. And I said, I hope you know I'll probably be gone by the end of the summer. I'm not going to have time to train you completely. And she did not believe me. Anyway, I warned her. The more I started thinking about it, the more I wanted, the more I visualized it. I'd sit here at my desk, you know, just visualize doing this full time. Okay, so then I'm on holidays for my birthday. I come back and there's this email and it says early retirement consultant program. First, I'm assaulted. Number one, I'm not old enough to retire, but I was that magic age that they gave, right? And you had to do the company for two years or longer. And I was with the company for 11 and I was so insulted. And then I thought the next day, what? This is exactly what I want. I was going to quit a couple months anyway, because I needed to make so much money a week. I have this thing. Each week I have to make so much money. And if I make this much money for three to six months, then I'm leaving because I don't want to do this anymore. And then they actually offered to buy me out several thousand dollars if I said yes. I didn't even ask my partner. I asked no one for their advice. And I sat there and I meditated and I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And I really let my soul speak to me. And I heard this gift was given to you. Are you going to stamp on it? 
and walk away and treat it like garbage, or are you going to pick it up and say, thank you and be grateful? And then I thought, what if you couldn't do this? How would you feel? And I felt like my soul would be smothered. But no, that's my answer. I'm going to do it. So I told them, I said, yes, I'm going to do it. I told my partner, so I'm probably going to say yes, that I'm going to do this. He says, I don't think you should. And I said, sorry, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask your opinion because I know you're not going to be on board and it's my life and my business. Nobody else can live your life with you. So you better walk in the path that you want, wear the shoes you want, because it's your life. Nobody can tell you what to do in your life. And I thought, I don't care what you say. I'm doing it. And it's just been better and better. And it was literally just given to me. I was going to do it anyway. And now I'm able to do it with the cushion that I'm just going to put away. Isn't that like, and I'm covered in shivers and I hope you all grasp the gravity of this. Okay. So Lynn's deciding for herself earlier this year, like, I think I want to do this full time. Meanwhile, the day job becomes more comfortable, which is a great word to use it. Then you have this goal like September. I'll be done by September. And what was your last day? <laughs> what was my last day? I think it's oh, 27. 22nd or something. And the funny thing was, I've got some certificates behind me. The first one is the emotion code certificate. So I rearranged my office and I looked on the date of it and it was issued August 21st, 2020. Okay. The emotion code certificate. And then I hung it up and rearranged my office to start on August 22nd, right? Full time. I hung it up on August 21st, 2022. And I thought, oh, look at that. Who are those? I mean, I hoped and wished and dreamed. Yeah. But I don't think I really believed that it would come to fruition because I guess I didn't really believe in myself. But the more work I do, I believe in myself now. I believe in this modality and I believe this is just the beginning and there's so much more to come. Yes. And it happened better than you could have expected. Better than I ever could have expected. I listened to your podcast too, after I made my decision on how to make that transition. And that was really helpful. And yes, even before you said that, I did get a whole bank. Yes. I am like, you got it. Rack up your available credit. <laughs> There's something like psychologically, realistically, it feels so obvious. Like I know that when I was faced with a decision and I had a medical crisis that required me to be off of work. And I think at work, I was making about $300 a day, which is a lot work a day job like I was yeah. getting paid a lot that's and, it's getting paid it's hard to let go of that right hard to let go but then I'm mathing some math and I'm like but my sessions are 150 at the time I'm like I would have to do two you know like two a day there's something about the conditioning we have in our current day society that still tricks us that this is safer like this <sighs> is safer but it's not. It's not. I'll tell you why. Do you think that company was actually giving us the house because it was secure? No. No. Part of me was going, oh my goodness, you know what? This is scary. I'm going, is it really? Is it really? Come on, Lynn. This is what's happened. You're leaving a current job that's iffy, okay? And you're going to a new employer, which is me. And I know I'm really good. And I know I'm good to myself. So I already know what I'm going to get. So it's like going to a new job that I get to create and design. I already know what I'm in for. If I were to be that job for another job, we don't know what we're getting for. And we get to create our own economy. Yes. I was just going to say that like we're heading into a recession. And I have to say, I had this moment, like my interest rates for my house right now is like 1.2. And when I renew, it's going to be like 7%. So like thousands of dollars a month more for my mortgage. But I'm not scared because in my current reality, I could make more if I wanted to. I don't work a lot because I like to have a lot of free time. 
So what I make right now gets me by, pays for my team. You know, I'm not super financially driven, but I do have the opportunity to potentially bring more if I needed to make more. And I didn't have that. I was like, I feel bad if I was at my old job because at the 2% increase every year, it just can't keep up. It's money every year. Cost of living. Yeah. It's costing me more to work here to gas. I was I yeah. fill up my tank twice a yeah. week. That would be almost $300 right now just to commute to my job. So the other thing I would like to kind of say to people as part of this story is this is one thing I really promote. And it's not leaving your comfortable job. And it is comfortable until it's not. It's worth it to build something on the side, right? Like I accredit the success I have at Squamish Medium and Spirit School by building it and building my reputation, my confidence on the side of what was giving me regular income. And I think that there's something really valuable in that. There's a lot of people who are like, it's all or nothing. I just found this. I want to make a go at it. But that pressure can really mess with you, right? You don't want to come at your spiritual business from this place of pressure. So that's the gift that you got was like this cushion that was a couple months of income so that that could also take away some of the pressure, right? You're going to have a lot of deconditioning to do even now that you're full-time on the time money exchange, right? That doesn't exist in spiritual entrepreneurship like it does in the nine to five. There's a lot of unpacking and deconditioning and there's going to be a lot of things that surprise you. I can't wait to see how your journey goes. And I wouldn't even say that to everybody. Like, have you thought about going full-time? Like, you definitely have the client base. You definitely have the reputation, the skill. I was just saying that on my podcast interview, I was being interviewed on Erica's podcast where they said that. I'm like, my work asked me to come do readings there in a couple of weeks and it's not going to work out. But I was like, why would they do that? Everyone who works with me quits their job. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone who's in the proximity of me quit their job. (laughs) Well, it's been a blessing. It's been just wild, you know? And like you said, well, we touched on to get to creating our fun. You want to know something right now? My old boss is calling me right this minute as we got this podcast. I'm going to kid you right here, right here. Are your ears like burning off? Like, you just admit to like working during work hours? <laughs> I did. Are you going to do he goes, I'm not coming back, okay? <laughs> well, what about this? Who says you're going to have a mortgage? We can create what we want. You can have a mortgage paid off. There's that option. That's my plan. When my mortgage is due June 2024, I plan on having it paid off. Yeah. I want to live on a lake. I want lakefront paid in cash. And we already have a ton of equity in this home. Like I actually don't have that far to go for that dream because we bought this place way before the boom. Right. And so feel very lucky about that. But yeah, there's so much opportunity, but sometimes in the mindset, we can get really caught up in what could potentially not work. But then like what you have evidence of now, which I love is that you desired something and it turned out better than you could expect. It did. And it always does. Every time I look back, it always does. Why do we question our internal nudges? The amygdala. <laughs> the amygdala. amygdala. We could work on that amygdala, ladies. And then we could also work on these limited beliefs. And that's the other thing that's coming. That's the other thing that's coming, by the way. It's coming up with the belief code. So I would be certified for that. And that is where they take those limited beliefs, which I do anyway in my body code sessions. This that's the other thing that's intuitive. You have to know the questions to ask, to dig out, 
So that comes from intuition. If you don't have that, then it's very difficult to do a successful body code session. You've got to read between the lines, feel the person's energy. So I do a lot of that just with the way I do my body code sessions, but we are coming up with an actual belief code. That's going to be cool. We'll try that on. And I'm not shut down to anything. We've cleared people's businesses, the negative energies around our businesses. I had a bird feeder outside that wasn't getting any birds. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I cleared the energy around the birds. And the bird feeder and the birds came. And somebody else had this massive yellow sapphire gem. I had no idea it could be that big. And they wanted me to clean the energy from all their jewelry. So I did that. I mean, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, let's try it. Let's give it a go. What's going to happen? Let's try it. Yeah. And I love the idea because I know even just from knowing you for like this past year, like you're very passionate about mindset and that comes across in more of like even the coaching that you do just so naturally through your sessions. And I think that would be an incredible fit for you because I know you're very passionate about that area. I have added that in that. She has funny restated. Yes, I've added coaching to my services because I do coach people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a mindset coaching and I'm calling myself a freedom coach because that's exactly what we're doing. We're freeing ourselves from limitations. I'm adding it into a website and I just added it into Instagram actually. Yeah. But yeah, because it's all mindset and the programs I'm creating are going to be about that too. I'm creating a program called Worthless to Wonderful. Mm, beautiful. So many of us have these trapped imbalances regarding worthless and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I think mine always sounded like worthlessness and there was two like they sound so similar but they're different so unworthy or worthless unworthy and worthless it's like unworthy worthless unworthy worthless i'm like oh but they're different mine too is humiliation yes yours was and yours also my love to say what it was of course yes okay yours with also pride you're proud of being hurt yeah this little chimney pie of five with pride being hurt like Yeah. I mean, shit sticks with me. Like, yeah. Mindset's something that I'm still working on because I just have a really busy mind. So I'd be curious to you, like, you don't have to answer now, but because there's been so many like ADHD diagnoses around me, including me being like very, you know, lower grade, highly functioning. It's like, does it work differently for people who have like, you know, neurodivergency with like the mindset stuff? Because it's like, you know, all the tricks, you know what you're supposed to be doing, but for some reason, the brain just isn't wired like that. Can you heal that? <laughs> yeah, we can. I believe we can. This modality works on people with PTSD. It helps people with that. So yes, of course it can. Yeah, yeah it can. There was a little girl. I mean, this is a bit extreme, but this little girl, I'm sorry to say, was humping everything. She was fired. She was humping everything. A couple of sessions, she's not anymore. She had a whole bunch of inherited. And she's also alcohol, fetal syndrome as well. And she's no longer doing that anymore. She had a whole lot of inherited. Mom was a prostitute. Dad was a drug addict. So this modality is pretty amazing. It's helped a little girl that had night terrors and talking about zombies because she got up in the middle of the night, sat with dad. Dad was sleeping, but the TV was on and she watched Walking Dead. And so from November until May, she was zombie talking in night terrors. So a couple of sessions and it's gone. Right. So I've seen the kids just get better in school. Yeah, well, that's my case. Right? My son. 
Yeah. Yeah. You guys, I have to say, and this is going to be one of the last questions I ask you after this. I'm just dying to ask you, but like you helped me and my son so much. I'm going to need more sessions for him, by the way. He was having such a hard time at school and it was causing me so much anxiety because I would be fielding these calls and texts all day from teachers and principals and specialists. And Lynn did one session with my son and his shift was so dramatic at school. And I mean, the next day that his teacher was like, what did you do? And she ended up working with you. Yeah, she did. She witnessed it so much that she was like, what did you do? I was like, well, it's a bit woo, but you know, I went to an emotion code that trapped emotions. Da, da, da. And she was like banging down your door too. Yeah. And she said her son completely changed as well. Yeah. So my son's reverted back a little bit. He's had a tough summer. So we're going to work with you with my minxy man too. Because I just want him to have fun. You know, I want him to find school fun, but he doesn't like listening. He doesn't like instruction and he doesn't like it if people think that they're mad at him. If he thinks that you're mad at him or you don't like him, he will shut down. So yeah, anyways, we'll work on that, but it really works for kids. And that leads me to want to ask you this question around what makes a successful candidate for the emotion code and the body code. Uh, well, kids, they have no filter. They have no restriction. And this too, it's the people that are open and want healing. I've done clients where they actually have a resistance to healing. You know, we're doing a session. And then one client said, is it normal that I fall asleep after the session? I was tapping. I went to bed. I said, no, it's not normal. So then we check to the resistance to healing and they do. And then we clear it. And that could be it too. The biggest thing is if they think it will work, it won't. It won't. I mean, I did a session the other day on this battle that didn't really believe it would work. And I said, okay, well, there's no point in doing the session. He says, well, I want to try. That's okay. If you want to try, then fine, but just be open and expect miracles. I expect miracles each and every time. And I do the love. And if they are at least open, then yeah, they too will see the changes. But children are the best because there's no restriction. Yeah. Unless they have a resistance to healing. And then we just get to clear that. Yeah. And I am obsessed with the work of Carolyn Mice. I have been my whole spiritual involvement journey. And that's one thing that she talks about. She's like, you know, I almost died of shock when I found out that people don't want to heal. Like there are some people who don't want to heal. So I guess that would be an incredible barrier for the medicine of the emotion code. So if people want to come and experience a session, do you prepare them in the sense where it's like, just come expecting a miracle? Like, is that good advice to kind of say to somebody or how would you prepare someone for the emotion code? I just say, come open-minded. Figure out what you want to work on. If there's something you want to work on, we will. I love it when people have something they can gauge from a one to 10, you know, maybe an emotional or physical discomfort. I could do a session for someone today and their discomfort, they were at an eight. Oh, it was a relationship with their daughter. The anxiety she felt with having to deal with her daughter, she was an eight. And at the end of the session, she was down at a four. But we also talked about mindset and I also gave her exercises to do, which I should separate, just do that in coaching. That's what Danielle would tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I said earlier, and I'm glad that you added coaching, I'm like, you just have this natural way of incorporating it. So I think it's incredibly abundant to just keep going at it with it. But then if people want more of that mindset stuff, they'll be like, hey, do you do like just that on the side? And then Mm -hmm. people will naturally be asking you that. So, but you remember that question that I said to you, we're talking about something. And I said to you, well, why are you arguing your limitations? 
Yes. And I do that a lot, Lynn. Like we need to do a bit more clearing. <laughs> I could literally just have you like living here and just be like, okay, let's have a session over coffee. <laughs> but there's always stuff coming up. I'm like this for Lynn. And sometimes we struggle with what are we going to work on, right? Get right. Like, Everybody, nobody in my friends have like massive grocery list. And then I say, what column are we in? How many columns? How many rooms? <laughs> yeah. But every session, something new kind of comes up a little bit too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm like, maybe we actually need like grief for me. Right. Like mm-hmm. Bender, which has just been two years the other day and totally the grief. I don't even think I was prepared to look at that trap mm-hmm. grief for almost, you know, six, seven months right into it. And I'm like, OK, I think we're ready now to like look at this grief. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people who are drawn to listen to Spirit School podcasts are healers themselves. And there's only two healers that I have work on my energy, and that's you and Ray. And I've had Ray on the podcast a few times, but I consider this an act of self-care. And so I'm really looking forward to picking up my weekly sessions again starting next week. I mean, by the time this airs on Tuesday, it's going to air next Tuesday. We will have just had our session again, and I took the summer off to... Just focus on kids and the craziness that's involved with them. So you bet I need some sessions now. <laughs> All right, let's do it. And then how can people find you? Okay, they can find me on a website, www.innerherohealing.com. They can find me on Instagram. They could also email me, lynn at innerherohealing.com. I love it. I'll have links to everything in the show notes so you can just quickly link on them. And yeah, Lynn, it's a pleasure. I'm so glad I got to share your energy with everyone today. You have such a lovely energy. And I know that Spirit School listeners are just rooting for your success in your new adventure of being full-time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.